2 Timothy, chapter number 3. And last week we read these verses in a different translation. On today, uh, we're going to read these verses from the original King James Version. And this is the, the Apostle Paul talking to the, the young Timothy as he is preparing him and training him for first century ministry and beyond. It is important that all of us understand that God never prepares us for the test in the test. God prepares us for the test before. It's much like when we attend college, the professor gives us an assignment and it is our responsibility to study the material and be prepared because exam day always comes. Our Father's a very wise God, and before we enter into a storm or a season of testing, God has already prepared us. The issue is not that God hasn't done his part. For the most part, we have not paid attention. We've not been listening. Whether we were uh, asleep uh, in class, and maybe we were recording in class, goofing off, just not paying attention, but God prepares us for the test before. So Paul says now to young Timothy, this know also that in the last days, we are living in the last days today, and the last days actually started when Jesus ascended into heaven after his death, his burial, his resurrection. We have been in the last days for a long time. So Paul says, this know also that in the last days, perilous times will come, very difficult times, hard to deal with times, shall come. For men, this is inclusive of the female man, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. So men are no longer attracted to men. I should say males, they're attracted to other males. And females are no longer attracted to males. Females are attracted to other females. I didn't figure I'd get an amen. Without natural affection, truth breakers, unable to honor a covenant, false accusers, incontinent, out of control, lacking self-control, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers, pay attention please, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, I look like I'm saved. I look like I'm born again. I look like I walk with God. I, I, I look like I'm a godly woman, a godly man. I look like it. I have a form of godliness. But look at me a little closer. Denying the power thereof, the power to deliver, to set free, to make me whole. I'm actually denying that power. And Jesus says, from these kind of folk, turn away. For of this sort, these kinds of people of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, 
led away with divers' lusts ever learning, and yet, listen, never able to come to the knowledge of truth. I'm exposed to the truth, exposed to the knowledge, but I never mature, I never grow up, I never blossom or flourish into the person God created me to be. Our operative verses, verses 6 through 7, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly, <laughs> silly women. Do you know anybody like that? Not in our church, not in service today. Maybe streaming online, right? Do you know anybody like this? Laden with sins, and these silly women, gullible women, are led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth, no matter how we preach or how we teach these silly women. Do not change. Now, as we emphasize throughout the cuffing season, our lead pastor presented several teachings designed to solidify us in our faith, designed to bring us to a place of understanding concerning human relationships and God's expectations of us. I'm once again given an opportunity simply to compliment those teachings already set forth by our lead pastor. Just want to compliment what God has already spoken to our hearts. And so to today's teaching series is the devastation of silly women. I want to be clear today. And these words, I believe God spoke uh, emphatically to my heart as I'm seeking him as to a way um, as to how to bring this all together. I want to help as many people as I can, but the shocking reality before us all today is that as long as this earth remains, we will contend with the, the reality of silly women, weak-willed women, gullible women, little women, those who are unwilling to change. It's a sad state of affairs. No matter what God's word says, it is clear that some of us understand this. There, there, there's some, we, we must unlearn some things that we've been exposed to, that we caught. We didn't know the truth. We, we, we didn't know God's expectations. And, and we must unlearn some beliefs that are just erroneous beliefs. And then there are those of us, it's not that we need to unlearn anything. It, it's just that we just don't want to change. That's not all of us. Some just flat out reject and resist the very power made available for change. And the Apostle Paul wanted young Timothy, Timothy to understand this in the first century church. Some folk don't want to change. Some just don't want to hear the truth. And, and some are saying, I don't care. I will not give up my pornography, my bullet, my rose. That's you all's vernacular. I had to ask, what in the heck is that? <laughs> I'm not giving it up. I'm not going to give up an ungodly attitude. I'm not going to give up my foul mouth. I'm not going to give up my foul music, my foul movies. I'm not going to give it up because change is a matter of a man's will. Some are saying, I'm not going to stop shooting my shot. Again, I had to ask lead pastor, what is that? <laughs> I will not stop. You see, for some, it is not that we need to unlearn. The truth of the matter is that we just don't want to change. 
Many will always, and I hear the Spirit of God say this, many will always be resistant to the truth because we really are lovers of pleasures more than we are lovers of God. In the 21st century, they'll always have those who say, this is my body and I'll do with my body what I please. But at what cost? This teaching will only benefit those who really have ears to hear. And when I have an ear to hear, it says that I have a readiness to obey. My task is to equip and empower and educate and encourage those who have a willingness to do this God's way. We will forever see silly women bring down the male seed. And, and understand this, the woman's freedom, the woman's liberty really is proportional to the freedom of the male seed. You see, it is when our men are in position, when our, our men take their rightful place in the home, in the community, in the church, in the world, then every woman fares better when the man is in his godly position. And many times we have issue with the, 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 the focus being on the male seed, but it is for the benefit of the family. It is for the benefit of every woman. Young Timothy was educated, please hear, educated in the scriptures by his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois before he came under the authority of the apostle Paul. So Paul wrote this second uh, letter to Timothy from prison in Rome nearing the close of his life. He wanted to prepare Timothy for the challenges of ministry. How do you manage being a young pastor? And the climate of the church, how do you manage it? And understand the same climate that young Timothy faced is the same climate we face today in this 21st century. We do find today those lacking in any degree of restraint. I want it, it's my preference, and I'm going after it. Those who are void of self-control and, and resistant to the truth. Lead pastor said it, elder said it. Pastor Flowers said it, but I'm still resistant. Why? I'm holding on to my preference, my way of doing things, and listen, but at what cost? We're void of insight and discernment, and so we're ruled by our emotions and ruled by how we feel. We're depraved in our thinking, and listen, to please God, we do need some order in our thinking. We need soundness in our judgment. We need correction in our thinking, and we need somebody to model godliness before us and tell us the right way. Certainly, many of us, we didn't have a godly example at home, but still, we're without excuse. My point of emphasis today, all godly transformation is proportional to the, the purity and the posture of a mind to obey God. Godly transformation, that, that change in my behavior, that change in my conduct, that change that you see in my lifestyle, it is proportional to the purity and the posture of a mind that says, whatever the sacrifice, I'm willing to obey God. Understand, we'll never rise in life beyond the condition of our thinking. So my thinking must change. Many of us, we've been washed in our thinking by the culture. In order for me to please God, I must be washed in my thinking by the word of God. That's the agent of change. Those who are not teachable will not grow. It's just as many of us, we've heard the statement that a stubborn man will always be an ignorant man. Why? He's an unteachable man. He's not willing to listen to truth and to examine himself and change. Those who are not teachable will not grow. 
and then we cannot reason with unreasonable people. So um, you don't want to argue with folk who refuse to change. And then, of course, Psalm 139, 13 through 17. We were created in a brilliant way, a powerful way. We were created to be intelligent beings and, and helpers to the male seed. So we were created, understand this, with dignity, brilliance, intelligence, high moral standards. Ladies, say amen real loud. Amen. We were created for more than tweeting and twerking. Some folk can't twerk. Those of you who do, we were created for so much more. So the scripture is clear. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. There's life in the womb. God hates abortion. Mm -hmm. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. This is how God created us. Last week we saw it in Ephesians 2.10. He created us to be a masterpiece. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. It is important. Listen, who you marry. With all things being equal, conception takes place. And it's important how we conceive. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me? Oh, God, they cannot be numbered. God thinks good thoughts concerning us, not evil. He has a good plan, not an evil plan. And we've learned this. When we refuse to change, we commit to fail. Understand this, that, that the destructive behavior of our females will threaten the well-being of our males. Lord have mercy. Our children, and thus the very foundation of the family unit. And this is seen in Proverbs 5 and 7. So listen, I want to help him develop in his manhood. And in helping him, the male seed develop in his manhood, I'm not helping him to go to bed with him. That ain't helping him. He can have a good time, he can have an organ or orgasm, but that is not causing him to develop in his manhood so he's the leader God created him to be. He was created to lead. Being a female is a product of birth, but being a godly woman is a matter of choice. Because every female is not a godly woman. And I stated this last week, every godly man seeks after a godly woman. They gave me some other word, not a hoochie, not a diva. I don't know what y'all call it, but whatever, he's seeking a godly woman. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't use some of these words. My son said, Mom, just stay away from some of the words we use. <laughs> That's probably wisdom. <laughs> Second Timothy 2.19, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows, pay attention, those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord, pay attention, must turn away from wickedness. Let's say it. Turn away from wickedness. Come on, say it. Turn away from wickedness. Say it again. Turn away from wickedness. One more time, real loud. Turn away from wickedness. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord, I say I know Jesus. I'm born again. This is my church. 
God is feeding me, growing me, developing me. I have a responsibility to turn away from wickedness. And this is seen in at least three godly women. Abigail, she was a woman of good understanding. She wasn't loud and ratchet. Are we all understanding? She wasn't disrespectful and defiant. Right? She was not obnoxious, obscene, profane, but a woman of good understanding and such understanding, understand she was married to a fool, gee, and, and you don't want to go that route. But even in marrying a fool, God delivered her and she married a king. Are y'all all right? So even if I mess up and I choose a fool, God knows how to help me. <laughs> he knows how to help me when I make an unwise choice and I end up with a fool. God knows how to intervene in that situation. Wisdom dictates that I never get caught up with a fool. A woman of good understanding, so much so that she saved the lives of a whole lot of people. Deborah was a leader, a ruler in the nation of Israel, overseeing, wasn't just a handful of folk, we're talking at least two million in number. So much so that one of the leaders said to her, unless you go with us, we ain't going into battle. And the woman said to him, then somebody else is going to get the credit that God wanted you to have. A leader, a judge over the nation of Israel. Hannah, a woman of prayer. You see, you were created for greatness. Whether we exemplify that or not, we were created for greatness. We were created to represent God and to ensure that our men be who God created them to be. Now, I'm, I'm going to have to say some things that I hope y'all will be okay. You got your seatbelts on? A godly woman does see God's purpose, God's plan, not her personal preference. She seeks God's purpose, God's plan. Can you hear it this way? Not a penis. Oh, God, this is, this is church. This is the church. Not our personal preference, but God's plan. Not one feel-good encounter after another. You see, we are responsible for the state of our families, our children, because God created us in league with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the helper, the comforter, our paracletus, our guide, our support, our aid. And a woman is called in the home the helper. Our key statement number two, when a female is deceived, she will accept a lie as truth. And so it is important, come on, let's come to class. It is important who's informing you, who's counseling you, what voice you're listening to. It is important who's educating you, who do you really follow? Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Some of y'all are still stuck. I know I said, you know, we don't say that in church. Where else, where else would you suggest we say it? Because God created the anatomy of the human body, right? And there's nothing vulgar about what God created. Culture makes this stuff vulgar. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say? Now you will always find those whispering in your ear questioning what God said. Does it really take all of that? Do you really have to give that up or give him up, right? Just a little high, just a little drink. Just a little sex, just a little bit, and we've got, we've got the statement, just be safe with your sex. How do you plan to safely sin against God? It doesn't matter how many condoms you have. <laughs> how do we 
we plan to have safe sex? Love making was God's idea, God's plan, and that's for married people, mature people. It's <laughs> good. Said to the woman, did God actually say you can't have sex before marriage? Can y'all hear it that way? Did God actually say we can't get high? Uh-oh, let me use your words. Did God say we can't use that rose and that bullet? <laughs> I haven't even seen one of those. I don't know what that looked like. I don't want to know. Somebody said, that's right, Pastor. You don't need to see it. Did God really say? You see, there will be those who whisper in your ear, did God really mean that y'all couldn't shack and try it out? See if it's going to work before you really say I do? Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Listen, people, what God says he means. And the woman said to the serpent, so, so why are we talking to the devil? Come on now. Because some of us, some of the stuff we're talking to and listening to, that's satanic. Ooh, I can really get into your boy. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the tree of the fruit that is in the midst of the garden. God said, don't do it. Neither shall ye touch it. Notice God said, lest you die. But the serpent, in other words, Satan said to the woman, you shall not surely die. So listen, who will I believe, God or the devil? Right? Just because it appeals to my flesh, Right? God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Now, how much more could Adam and Eve have been like God? They were already created in his image after his likeness. We understand the Imago Dei, right? We're in the image of God. We operate like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw, pay attention, sight breathes desire. I didn't desire it until I saw it. So it is important that I protect what I put before my eyes. That's why some movies, yeah, I can't watch. There's some music, no, I can't listen to that. There's some places, no, I can't go. There's some folk I cannot associate with. Can you see it? So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of it, she took of its fruit, ate, and she gave some to her husband who was with her. Notice he was not running around in the garden naked. He was right there with her while the devil was talking to her. Right? And then as she ate, she gave. Whenever we sin against God, we will always share it with others. Sure we do. Because that's Satan's plan. That's his strategy. They both experienced spiritual death immediately and set in motion the process of physical death and mental disorientation. Key statement number three, when a female has no godly father to train her, protect her, and show her her identity, she's easily deceived, seduced, and manipulated in her soul by misbehaving males and will adapt to a false identity. So daddy, now understand, daddy can be in the house but not at home. You all missed that. Just because you have a male in the house, y'all, some of y'all call him, that's, that, that's uncle. That ain't uncle. <laughs> male in the house does not constitute there being the presence of a father in the house. And fathers must teach their daughters who they are. Train their daughters, protect their daughters, show their daughters their value. 
And even when a, a father is absent, understand that God will always bring us into a place of insight. But as long as a young lady is void of identity, she'll fall prey to misbehaving males. She'll adapt to a false identity. So what's our point of emphasis? When I am void of my God-given identity, I will acquiesce to the corruption of the culture. So the culture, they got all kinds of stuff going on. You meet this one online, and now married people don't have to live in the same house under the same roof. And you can um, have an affair to spice up your union. All of that's satanic. That's the corruption of the culture. Are you all with me? We're, we're following Christ. Now, it is important. Come on. It is important that I know who I am and what I am. I need to make this very clear. We must know who we are and what we are. So if you have a womb, you are a woman. If you do not have a womb, you are a male. No matter what you did to your body. <laughs> if you don't have a womb, you are a male. And if you have a womb, you're a woman. God has a plan for every woman and every man. Y'all can't quiet up. No, because you know this, she's my girlfriend. I, li I like her. And she can be your friend. But understand the definition of friend. Because we ain't doing nothing kinky together. <laughs> right? So God did not, listen, before God brings you the real, the devil will always bring you a counterfeit. Always, every time, before you meet the real. And in our culture, because it's so corrupt right now, you can have a person who's a friend, but understand the limitations, their boundaries. Remember, when I'm free in Christ, I'm lacking nothing essential to the whole. I am complete in him. So listen, I don't have to get caught up in relationships that dishonor God. Because no relationship defines me, right? I love my husband. He's the male man. Why y'all quiet? <laughs> My affection is not directed towards another female. What y'all gonna do? <laughs> now you're being nasty. No, no, no. Just want us to understand God's plan. As cute as she is, she can be your friend with boundaries. Can we see it? Now, I'm going to take you to, to another place in just a little bit when we look at Lot's daughters, but let's just finish with this. Let me give you a point of emphasis. Until living a life of purpose becomes more important to us than fulfilling our own personal passions and private agendas, we will forever make unwise choices that keep us in a place of recovery. But you'll go through a vicious cycle of recovering from one relationship after another one event after another, until we get into a place where in living out the purpose for which God created me is more important to me than my personal passions. Belief always dictates performance. So what do I value? What's important to me? You understand this? When I value my body, there are some things I will not do with my body. When I value my body, there's just some stuff I'm not going to put in my body. When I value my health. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's almost Christmas. You don't just, just eat anything. <laughs> At what cost? So the females, we were not created to chase after the male seed. We were created to chase the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Yeah. That comes out of 1 Peter 1, 23 through 25. We are born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. 
So why is it that we have so many females settling in, in, instead of remaining true to, pay attention, higher expectations, expectations of ourselves and expectations of others? Why is it you don't have the terminology, it's shooting your shot, shoot, what does shooting your shot mean? What does that mean? Y'all talk to me, what does that mean? What's wrong, why y'all quiet? You know what it means. <laughs> what does that mean, what does that mean? What? Uh, go for it. There you look. Go for it. I want to give you a scripture that differs with that mindset. Proverbs eighteen twenty two. No female should be going for it. <laughs> he who finds, could it be that he can't find you because you're all over the place? All over the place. Instead of now, remember, a silly woman is an unstable woman. She's all over the place. Could it be that you haven't been found because you're out of position? He who finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Good, having an eternal beneficial end, a kingdom purpose, kingdom agenda. He finds a good thing and he obtains favor of the Lord. He who finds a wife, let him find you and you quit chasing after him. Some stuff <laughs> you're going to catch. You'll be praying and asking God to get you out of it. Proverbs 12, 4. I'm almost done, believe it or not. An excellent wife. <laughs> not a hoochie. Not a diva. But an excellent wife. We're talking about a woman who is virtuous. There is moral excellence the way that she does dress and the way she speaks and the way she carries herself and, and her selection of relationships, associations, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. She makes him look good. <laughs> I make my husband look good all day long. All day. Yeah. He's a gifted man, but I'm the crown. She's the crown of her husband. But notice this, but she who shames him. Do you all remember that movie of years ago? And that girl was real loud and just obnoxious. Byron! Do you all remember that? Wasn't that horrible? I thought, my God, who would want to be in a relationship with something like that? Byron! But she who shames him, brings disgrace upon him, is like rottenness in his bones. It's like bone cancer. So why don't we have higher expectations? Is it too much to ask that we be clean, <laughs> educated, articulate, employed, respectful? Is it too much that we expect that the man is clean cut? Uh-oh. Is it too much to expect that he be educated? Can you hold a conversation? Well, you know what I'm saying. 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 What are you saying? You know what I'm saying. Can you hold a conversation? Can I take you to a corporate event? Is he employed? 
Not just today, how long you've been employed. <laughs> I'm really going to get in trouble when I ask, what is your credit score? Is he respectful? Why is it that we have, I will settle for anything attitude? Because we were not created to settle. Whenever I settle, I end up at the bottom. Can you see it? Now, could it be that the reason we settle is because we've been uh, detached from our true identity because we had a sperm donor, not a godly father, to teach us? Can I submit to us that any male can get a woman pregnant? He carries the seed. Did you know this? A woman is not a seed carrier. Key statement number four. When a female has been damaged by molestation, rape, incest, divorce, or abuse, she misbehaves. It's not an excuse. We've seen the reality of it. And she will justify ungodliness in herself because she sees herself as a victim. When God sees us, no matter what happened, he does not see us as victims. I told you all last week, I'm you, right? So I don't make this stuff up. I've experienced things that if I told you, you would shudder to think that anybody, any child could go through that. I grew up in the dysfunction. So I can identify it while many of us will adapt to it as our norm. It's not normal. It's not okay. We call it what it is. It's dysfunction. She sees herself as a victim. Now, we stop this. We stop blaming others because this happened or that happened. We stop blaming others and we assume responsibility for today. Now, yes, that happened, but this is a new day and I will not be governed by what happened to me yesterday, right? I won't allow that to dictate my relationships, my behavior, my choices today just because my past was horrific. Everybody has a past. And we've all messed up, truth be told, and we're still all jacked up. Right? See, it's not, not very many people want to agree with that, but we are. That's why we need the blood. So when a woman is damaged in her soul, she will tolerate the ungodly behavior in males because she lacks true value and esteem. When I value who I am and what God's doing in and through me, you see, I don't tolerate the behavior, ungodly behavior of males. So you don't talk to them any kind of way. Right? See, you, you don't hit me. We don't do abuse. Can, can we be on the same page? Yeah. Now, this man and I, our children know this, this man and I have been married 37 years. He's never hit me, cursed me, pushed me, been unfaithful to me, always treated me like the crowd. <laughs> never hit, never cursed me, never pushed me, never shoved me. And until you meet a man like that, you don't want to say I do. Because you ain't shoving material. When a woman doesn't know who she is, she'll shack, she'll fornicate, commit adultery, engage in porn, masturbation, lesbianism, and such like when she doesn't know who she is. When I know who I am, and this starts with knowing my creator, when I know my creator, I know myself and I know his expectations of me. So in order for me to walk in my true value, I must know my creator. And then in knowing my creator, I know myself and I know his expectations of me. When I don't know who I am, this silly woman, she will blame others and make excuses as she adapts to physical, verbal, mental, and spiritual abuse. So he can kick you, hit you, curse you, eat your chicken. Somebody said the gummy bears, your fruit snack, whatever. <laughs> and then give you all kinds of commands and you do what he tells you to do. And you ain't got his name. 
she will, she will even claim ownership of abuse because she does not feel she deserves better. So she'll say, well, you know, he hit me because I. Right, right, right. He's never justified in putting his hands on you. Never. Even if you pop off, it's not right for us to do it. But he's never justified in putting his hands on us. And then when I don't know who I am, I will blow a welfare check. on braids and long nails and expensive makeup and cell phones and coach and Louis Vuitton handbags when there's no food at home to feed the children when she doesn't know who she is. You see, I have to cover up for the deficit on the inside. So I've got this extreme makeover. On the outside, I look like what's happening. On the inside, I'm dying. Everybody say it's a cover-up. It's a cover-up. <laughs> no harm. That's why we can't see your eyeball. I mean, your lashes are so big, I cannot see your pupil. Granted, I think you ought to look cute with your fine self. But make sure you're okay on the inside. When we have no self-respect, we will be disrespected. Right? We were not created to behave based upon the culture. The Bible says that we're not to conform to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. When our females are deceived, they will deceive others. And this was the case in Genesis 19. And then I'm going to give us some points. There's going to be a whole lot of points, so y'all going to have to get ready. Now, afterward, this is Genesis 19, won't take long. Afterward, Lot left Zor. Now, do you all understand why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah by fire? It's the pride of iniquity, and it was homosexuality, sodomy. And God says, I'm fed up with it. I'm burning this place up. Go back and read. Read Genesis 19. Now, after Lot left Zor because he was afraid of the people there, and he went to live in a cave in the mountains with, listen, with his two daughters. One day, the older daughter said to her sister, there are no men left anywhere in this entire area. Some of y'all have been doing that. Where, where they at? Where are the men? Where they at? Right? <laughs> Oh, 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 no, I beg to differ. I believe that there are some godly men needing some godly women to help them develop in their manhood and reach their true potential. I believe that we have some males who are just diamonds in the rough. They just need the right environment to cultivate them so we can see what's in them. Can we be real? When I met our elder, he was shacking and smoking marijuana. <laughs> oh, but he was a diamond in the rough. Wait a minute. I told you, we're, we're you, right? We're just real people. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a past. He's smoking marijuana and, and uh, he's shacking. And he came to church and he saw me in the choir. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, he saw me in the choir. He went. That girl, I think he had that girl hanging around. He took that girl and dropped that girl off somewhere. And uh, look, look, once he dropped her, he dropped her. He got that girl. He kicked that girl out. <laughs> 1985, walked to a bridge and threw his marijuana bag away. Let, let me tell you how he got trapped. He comes, he's going he to court me. I'm out of town. He's going to court me so he comes all eyes all glazed over. And I looked in his eyes, I got right up in his face, looked in his eyes, I said, you high? <laughs> I know you're not high coming to, to check me out. Uh -uh. 
is the God's honest truth. I said, you got to get rid of that marijuana, right? And you got to get rid of that cat. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't do cats. Don't do cats. Seriously, he gave up the marijuana, gave up the girl. I mean, just God transformed this man's life. Now, so all I'm saying is that he wasn't the man that he is today. When I met him, he was a diamond in the rough. So give God an opportunity to expose to you what you're really dealing with. Amen? Yeah, and, and, and my children can tell you he's the, he's the finest of husbands. Look, I'm just telling y'all, y'all nosy anyway, y'all want to know our personal business. <laughs> Skilled with his hands, I mean, all the mechanical work, he's always done that. One occasion, now my grandbabies are on the scene, and, and um, my son is, is trying to prepare something for little Melly. And Melly walks up to him, and she takes it out of his hand. She says, give it to Paul. he can fix anything. And so my son, this is this way, me and uh, my son took that thing back. He said, give me that thing back, I'll fix it myself. Because a man wants a challenge, he wants an opportunity. But it's good to know that, listen, we believe he can do anything. He must, listen, he must know that somebody believes in him. I'm almost done, y'all. So this is Lot's daughters. One day the older daughter said to her sister, there are no other men left anywhere in this entire area, so we can't, we can't get married like everyone else. And our father will soon be too old to have children. This is, this is some kind of plan, but it's deceitful. Come let us, don't do this ladies, let us get him drunk. Get him drunk with wine, and then we'll have sex with him. Can you see it? Yeah. That's in the Bible? Yes. That way, we will preserve our family line through our father. So that night, they got him drunk with wine, and the older daughter went in, had intercourse. I don't know, what state was he in? He didn't know he was having sex with his daughter? Intercourse with their father. He was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. The next morning, the older daughter said to her younger sister, look, I had sex with our father last night. Let's get him drunk with wine again tonight, and you go in and have sex with him. Can y'all see the plot? That way, we will preserve our family line through our father. God knows everything. So that night, they got him drunk with wine. Again, don't y'all do this. <laughs> and the younger daughter went in and had intercourse with him. As before, he was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. As a result, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their own father. It's called the Moabites, incest of my father's seed. When a woman is deceived, she'll deceive others. Whatever a female sleeps with, she becomes one with. So now you wonder why you're acting crazy. Because you, you've been with perverted Peter, pissy Paul, right? You've been with all these little jokers, and you're wondering why right now you're emotionally out of sorts. Because you picked up a little bit of him, and a little bit of him, and a little bit of him, and then maybe you're over there messing with her. <laughs> Can you see it? 1 Corinthians 6, 16 through 20. Almost done. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her. For the scripture says the two are unified into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord, wait a minute, is one spirit with him. What does God say do run from sexual sin? This is interesting to me. You get married, you don't want to do it. And while you're unmarried, I mean, you can't stop yourself. Right? Can y'all see this? Run from sexual sin. No other sin 
so clearly affects the body as, the, as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong. Wait a minute. If you're born again, come on, you do not belong to yourself. For God brought you with a high price, so you must do what? Honor God with your body. So, Pastor, what's the solution? First, I must choose life. Decide that you want to live. So God says, listen, I've set before you death and life, blessing and cursing. Choose. You choose life so that you and your seed, your children can live. Your choice will affect others. Every choice we make is affecting somebody else. Choose life. That's number one. Choose to be born again. I must be born again. Everybody in our churches are not born again. We're in the building, but we're not in the body. You want to be in the body of Christ. And in, to be in the body of Christ, Jesus says, you must be born again. We must open up our hearts and accept Jesus Christ in as Lord and as Savior. Instead of resisting the truth, be transformed by the truth. I'm going to accept the truth. Pastor, I'm going to accept this, this truth. <laughs> See, some of us, y'all understand this. It's not that you can't keep your panties up. You know what the deal is? You don't even wear panties. <laughs> it's like, what? what's going on? What is a bra? When we start developing, come on, come to class. We wear panties. Some of y'all looking like, I know that lady didn't step there in church. You know if you've been over what we see. <laughs> I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Instead of resisting the truth, just, just look at me as mama. We taught our girls. Are we all understanding? That's for a woman's conference. Be willing to unlearn the world's way, the culture, the culture's way. Learn God's way. You want to choose, <laughs> you want to choose purpose instead of what? You want to choose purpose instead of what? You want to choose purpose instead of what? Okay, some of y'all like that. We're going to stay right there with that preference word. We ain't going to say nothing else you say it. Y'all forgot it. Choose, this is dangerous here. Choose association with those who follow Christ, not the culture, because I'll never rise above my associations. Understand this. I know what you're all about when I look at who you're running with. When I look at your friends, your inner circle, I know what you're all about. You see, and our children understand this. Okay, so if you ain't selling dope, why are you running with those who do? Because you're guilty by association. You do know this, right? Let me keep moving. You're going to have to really clean this up because I'm like, <laughs> except your God-given identity, your God, who, who am I? Who did God say I am? I'm forgiven. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Listen, God loves me. I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a peculiar people. I'm a holy. I belong to God. I'm the offspring of God. I choose that, not what the culture says about me, no matter what I've gone through. And know that you were created in God's image and after his likeness. To the ladies, you are a life-giver. A life giver, you see. We don't tear down. We don't berate. Uh oh, I'm going to get in trouble. So you don't get in his face, jump in his face, and curse him out and push him in his chest. We don't, we don't fight our males. Now, some of you ladies need a whole, a whole message on getting your hands off of him. Because we talk about him jumping on her. No, she's beating up on him. Y'all all right? Ladies, you never hit him. You never spit in his face. You never curse him. Never. Now, I know you're crazy for sure now. 
Never curse him, never push him, right? Never threaten him, never give him ultimatums. Just be a godly woman. Make up your mind to be a virtuous woman, not a victim, by being one who is morally excellent. Just pursue holiness, no matter the sacrifice, no matter the cost. God Almighty, Howard said this, refuse to be loud, ratchet, profane, mean-spirited, or jealous. Know that you were created beautifully and uniquely, a woman, a woo-man, Isha, never confused concerning your sexuality. You're not a lesbian. Know and believe that you were created not to be weak-willed, gullible, lazy, or slothful. Now, for some reason, I don't know what, what's going on here. I told you all I did this eight weeks, so I'm just, I've given you enough, but this is the deal. What is this that I'm sensing here? Why are you fighting? You see? Thanks, Reverend. Why are you fighting? You have no just grounds to. Listen, if he dropped you and now he's with her, you don't go over there and jump on her and jump on him. It's over. Why are you cursing him out? You see, he can never be who God created him to be with you as long as you use that kind of language. Prophesying is to speak under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. If I want to see him be who God created him to be, then I speak to what God created him to be. I don't call him what I see him do. Can you see it? Because all of us are guilty of doing something we had no business doing. Right? Everybody say, I'm forgiven. But as a lady, understand this. As a woman of God, we don't fight. Let me tell you what you do. Your battle is in the spirit. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, our fight is in the realm of the spirit. And I can make you a guarantee, as long as you fighting him and cussing him and chasing him, you'll never win in the realm of the spirit. Your battles will always be battles in the natural. And they'll destroy you and they'll destroy others. But when you start fighting in the spirit, you'll always win. Now, I, uh, I'm going to turn this over to um, our lead pastor. I've, I've said a whole lot, and, and, and you all know that certainly there's scripture to substantiate every principle, every key statement, every point of emphasis. But the matter today is do you really want to be whole? Do you really want to change? Do you really want to be who God created you to be? And if that's the case, then we have to walk away from the corruption of the culture. I don't care what you saw on Lifetime or BET or whatever. That's not the way a lady behaves. We may have to step away from all the sitcoms and the drama. You're not the Kardashians. We're not Beyonce and Nikki or whoever she is and Rihanna and these men know Drake and all this, Lil Wayne and whatever these dudes are. You, we, we need to stay away from all that. That's not the model. Jesus Christ is the model and he gave us the standard and this is, this is his word. So. You don't have to create a standard. All we need to do is conform to the truth, adapt to the truth. We'll win every time. But we can't do it the world's way and expect God to be glorified. Amen? Amen. I expect to see ladies in this house, godly women in this house, elegant women, dignified women, brilliant women. And we, and we can get there. We just have to make up our minds. That was then, this is now. That little lady up there, the little woman preacher. 
She told me this is my behavior and I will follow this behavior. The pattern is right here, right? I can say a whole, how many of y'all know I can say a whole lot more? I, I pray that I complimented the teachings that you have set forth in this house. I pray that I did that. Didn't mean to be long Absolutely. Uh, Y'all see where I get it from, right? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine having that as your mama. <laughs> um, absolutely phenomenal, uh, mom. And it just growing, because I'm growing too. This is the third year of the cuffing season series, and today is it for the series. I'll be speaking Christmas, New Year's, and everybody named Mama go come to church January 1st with all these resolutions. Um, man, there's just so much I want to say. I'm going to try to capsule it. I wanted to model to a generation, if you are called to ministry, you must eat. Far be it from me if I say, you need to have sabbatical, you need to rest, and I never model it as a leader. That's the first thing. The second thing is, there are Abigails in this house. There are Deborah's in this house. There's Hannah's in this house. And many churches have made you feel because of your gender, you're not equipped to speak the word. And so you sit there, firing your bones because God has given you a word. Mm -hmm. But because some old school, out of text bishop or preacher told you women should not preach, you sit there and be disobedient. Oh, yes. How is it that Paul could say in Timothy, I permit not a woman to teach, but then Paul, who also wrote Romans, mm -hmm. in Romans chapter 16, verse 1, he says, I want to commend you all to receive Phoebe the servant of the church, the deacon of the church. Certain translations, a pastor of the church. It almost sounds like he's contradicting himself, unless you know the context of the day. First Timothy and Second Timothy is all about the apostle Paul training up Timothy and letting him know there's a lot of false teaching that's going. Artemis is running rampant in the church, and a lot of people are speaking that teaching. They must be taught first. I command not everybody to teach. I'll never be a leader because... God called my mother. And it's obvious she's anointed. Obvious. There's sisters that are just as anointed and even double portion. And I want to be able to model to a generation no longer will we be church bishops, pastors who have women who are called by God and we use religion and scripture out of context to muzzle their voice. No more. And if you know anything about our ministry, I'm very, very hard and strong. Get your mic, mama. Very hard and strong on men. Some people online, he, he male basher. But then you watch this message, he a woman basher. I can't please everybody. I try to do a left and a jab, and I just felt led by the spirit, not just my, my preference. I felt led by the spirit. When it comes to my sisters, model the Bible. Elder women train up the younger women. So I said, my, come up here, same stuff that you told Tiana, my sister, I want you to model to a generation because most of us have not been taught. And the biggest thing for millennials and Gen Z is we have a lot of unlearning to do. And the detriment that I'm seeing to my generation is what we have learned wrong 
we are calling our personality and the way we are. And I don't want to be a spiritual leader, a servant to God's people, because I have to stand before him one day. This is why I don't mind hurting your feelings. Because I'm not going to stand before God and have him upset at me because I lied to people to get a bigger platform of likes. I'm not a slave to likes. I'm not a slave to your giving. I'm not a slave to people's acceptance. I'm a bond servant of Jesus. Period. So there's a lot that we plan on doing for the 2023 calendar year, Lord willing. Prayerfully, we have a huge announcement to announce to you in a few weeks. Um, if God decides for this to go this particular way for a men's conference we're starting in 2023, it's going to be amazing. All my brothers, Will, Isaac, Ezekiel, just a weekend of just men. Enough with men who are meowing with their faith but then roaring for culture. And so it's just going to be a weekend of just men being vulnerable, being transparent so that we can become kingdom men. We're going to have a women's conference too. We're going to have to rent out an arena for that. Y'all going to come deep up in there. Um, but my heart, I really do pray that you see the heart. I do not want people to constantly blame God for self-sabotaging their life. I do not want people to walk away from the gospel because we like Jesus, but we hate his teaching. So constantly what we strive to do here at our church and online and all over the world podcast, we present to you the original kingdom agenda because all of us, pulpit to pew, all of us have messed up. Please raise your hand if you've messed up. All of us. It's not awkward because we all have. If you don't raise your hand, you'll mess up his line. <laughs> all of us have messed up. So when you hear messages that sting, remember the message is to point you to the original kingdom agenda so we can see where we should be getting back to. Does this make sense? So what my mom was delivering was the original kingdom agenda. What I strive to deliver, the original kingdom agenda. What Isaac tries to deliver, the original kingdom agenda. Because all of us, we're called to be kingdom. So of course, we wish and pray that you have a Merry Christmas and we'll see you on Sunday and uh, New Year's, our New Year's Eve party, which is December 30th, correct? Um, there's a lot I want to say. God has been beating in my heart because I've had a chance to just feast. And I want to publicly uh, honor my father. Uh, yeah. the, the reason I want to honor you, Dad, is because you taught me what a man was. Right? Most men, especially of my ethnicity, cannot say that. I truly never seen you hit mom, yell at mom. You did that on us for weapons and stuff. <laughs> but never abusive. You showed me what a real man is and what a king should look for. Which helped my mom for decades be able to come here and say what God told her because she's not fighting battles with him at home. Amen. 
which also helped to when I met Tanisha. I brought them to you guys and said, listen, y'all been doing this for 30 plus years. I've seen you take couples no, and they do it anyway and get divorced. I don't know what I'm doing. I was 24 years old. And I just wanted the wisdom, the wisdom that you pour into Tanisha, to our children. A generation is receiving it. And even after we're gone, people will still be receiving it. So I just wanted to say all of that because this is really it for the 2022 calendar year. For Christmas and then the next Sunday is January 1st and we're starting a new series called Planted. Planted is going to be absolutely powerful because the revelation God has given me is many of my children aren't reaping fruit because they're not planted. Storms only benefit the planted. If you went through a storm and you're not fruitful, you're not planted. Because, why am I preaching? January 1st. That's that. <laughs> That's that. I'm reloaded. I've been refreshed. And you should want a fresh pastor. Been refreshed. So thank you all for receiving Isaac, my mother, for the last three weeks. It really has allowed me to grow and to glean. And uh, we want to, right now, for this time, if you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, we have it very easy for you. COVID made us make a lot of transitions. It's very easy for you. You could just simply text the word fresh start to this number. I haven't accepted Christ. Or I just want to start over. Emphasis on fresh start. I want to start over and surrender my life to Christ, just like we read today. If you say that you're in Christ, but do not turn away, away from wickedness, you're a liar and the truth's not in you. The truth's not in you. Holiness is not an outfit, it's a lifestyle. But the lifestyle should make you change your outfit. Amen. So I want to say this prayer. We're going to have it where you could join the church if you desire to, if you desire to give, and you're free to have an absolutely wonderful Christmas, and I pray nobody will get tipsy, um, spike the eggnog, whatever it may be. Right. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Do not make decisions in this season that causes one. So can I get everybody to repeat after me? Father, I recognize without you, I'm lost. I need you. I surrender from this moment to how you want me to live. You bought me with the price. Thank you. Now for the rest of my life, if I was worth dying for, surely you're worth living for. I surrender. You're my king. You're my Lord. Come into my life. Save me. I believe that you are the Christ. Now help me to live out my belief. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give God a praise in the house? If that was somebody's first time, the heavens are rejoicing. This is why we do what we do. Just make sure if you said that prayer for the first time, either in-house or watching online, to text the word Fresh Start. And then when you leave here, we have people who will pray for you so that you can get the help and the spiritual empowerment that you need. Now, if you would like to make this your church home, this is a good church. This is a good church. Text the word membership to the exact same number and we would love to serve you and love to have you. And starting next year, Children's Church is every single Sunday. And nursery. And nursery. Yes. Every single Sunday. And so I'm so excited about that. I just wanted to brag on you a little bit. I'm very proud of you. 
Always oh, right. I am, <laughs> I am proud of you and your wife and the decision that you made. I am very proud of you. I don't have to come to jail to get you out, to bond <laughs> you out. You know, you're not fighting. I never heard of you hitting your wife. I'm very proud of you choosing the road to follow God, to lead his people. Amen. That's what it's all about. I just wanted to say that. Amen. Thank you. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the wisdom of the elders to speak to us, God, where we could just learn and we could receive. This is not a message to condemn. So anybody who may feel condemned, would you remind them that we've all fallen short? And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How much more are you proud of those who are striving to live life the King's way? Help us to understand that even as we leave this place, we will never leave your presence. Light our hearts on fire so that the world can forever watch us burn for your glory. We are now entering our mission field. We love you and we honor you. And everybody in the house and online says, Amen. Amen.